Good morning. This is Larry with Gallatz County Department of Emergency Management. And in a series of podcasts over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at some specifics related to holiday safety. On today's show, we will be discussing food health preparedness with Jesse Smith, Environmental Health Specialist 3 lead with Gallatz County Health and Human Services. But first, a word from our sponsor. Taking care of your mental health is just as important as your physical health. At Columbia Wellness, we offer behavior health care for all ages. From telehealth counseling to inpatient addiction care, we offer the level of support your mind needs. Don't wait to enjoy life again. Give us a call at 360-423-0203. At Columbia Wellness, your wellness is our passion. And we're back with Jesse Smith with Hallett's County Health and Human Services. Well, Jesse, welcome uh, to our show today. Glad to have you here. Thanks, Larry. It's good to be here. So today we're going to talk about something that's pretty near and dear to my heart and many others out there during the holidays, food. And, you know, in our discussion here a little bit ago, uh, some of the things that you pointed out to me were really important. And and I think probably the most important was? Washing your hands is always uh, the most important in food safety and in general, uh, disease control when you're talking about communicable diseases. Um, and I would always say how you wash your hands is very important as well. Um, part of it is, uh, you know, that's standard getting your hands wet, um, getting soap and lathered up. But you really want to get that friction in all parts of your hands, your fingernails, everywhere. Um, and then drying them off, you want to make sure you're using a clean towel. Um, I prefer paper towels, but uh, at home a lot of people use... Um, just cloth towels, and that's fine as long as they're clean. I want to keep using them, especially after you handle, like, raw meat and stuff like that. So what you're saying is I'm using the towel to prepare the turkey, and now I'm going to go to the salad. <clears throat> Different towel? Yeah, you're risking spreading some of the bugs that were on the raw turkey uh, or chicken or whatever raw product you might be doing. Um, to other foods that you're not going to be cooking and have the opportunity to destroy those bugs. Um, one of the things with uh, raw poultry products, they're commonly, you know, about 10% of them can up to that can be contaminated with salmonella and they're allowed to sell that product that way. And so you just, I at least uh, treat that always as a contaminated product and make sure I'm handling it in certain ways. Okay. So... We're talking about food and the holidays, and so let's start talking about planning for the meal. I mean, I know this time of year especially, um, you know, I've got a refrigerator, and and, um, my wife tells me my eyes are bigger than my appetite, and, and so I always end up with more food than what I need, and sometimes I have more food than that should be refrigerated than should fit in a refrigerator. What what do we do there? What what are things to think about? <clears throat> well, the main things are if it needs to be refrigerated, then you need to figure out how you're going to keep it at the right temperature, um, keeping it below 41 degrees, um, and that can be done in mostly, hopefully, mechanical refrigeration or freezers. If you got extra freezer space and you some stuff can be frozen, that'd be first option. Um, coolers and ice can really keep stuff cold for a while, but you got to keep refilling the ice, so you got to be thinking about that. 
Um, just storing stuff in like a cold space, like it's cold outside now, but is it always below that refrigeration temperature or in the garage? In, in the garage, it, it may be cold, but is it actually at that temperature? So I always would go with using thermometers first and then protecting it from contamination. You don't want to just leave it in some space where bugs or rodents can get to it and stuff like that. Okay. So I, I know this is kind of a, you know, uh, bad topic, but we were talking, and you were saying maybe take the beer and pop out of the fridge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, certainly uh, that can be uh, kept in your garage if your garage is cold. Uh, um, it's gonna be may not be at food safety temperatures, but I mean, I can have a beer at forty five, fifty degrees, and <laughs> and be perfectly happy. Um, at least after the first beer, maybe. Okay, so expiration dates i know this is one that uh, i know a lot of people that really emphasize oh my gosh i've got to throw it out because it says it expires on this day what what about that is and is there a different like between can of nuts and a bottle of mayonnaise um no there's not really a difference uh the expiration dates are strictly based on food quality um, the only expiration date that's mandated is infant formula, and that's actually for nutrient um, for babies. Um, so that those infant, those more t- uh, expiration dates are not there to tell you that it's a safe product or not anymore. And, then, and it also makes a difference once you've opened something. Um, I'll also say that uh, your commercial mayonnaises don't need to be refrigerated on their own. That's a, It was a thing that they used to, but... Uh, Manufacturers now add stuff like lemon juice or acetic acid vinegar um, so that it doesn't require refrigeration. That's not saying I wouldn't refrigerate my mayonnaise. I certainly would for quality uh, uh, spoilage things, and it can look kind of gross if it's not uh, refrigerated. Uh, in general, what I would suggest is once you open a product, uh, then you start uh, figuring out how long you need to keep it. Um, or you know, for expiration dates, are you willing to eat a product that may not taste as good as it should, um, is how I go about that. And, and I use my nose. Um, if it doesn't smell good, I throw it out. Uh, certainly if it doesn't smell good, you should throw it out. That's, uh, one indicator. Um, the other thing is I would take into account, um, things like what kind of product it is and stuff like that. And at that point, uh, then determining based on time and temperature. So, you know, I got a, I bought some deli turkey at the Safeway and it's been in my fridge for two weeks. Uh, maybe I don't even know what temperature my fridge is. Maybe at that point, even if it smells good, I'm probably going to be tossing that. Um, anything over a week, even at good refrigeration temperatures, if you're not going to be fully cooking it, it starts to get risky for a, a certain bug called listeria. Um, but yeah, that's what I'd say on that. Okay. And so let's talk about cooking food. Uh, sometimes, you know, I might get a little pressed on my time and haven't really timed things out really well. And, and sometimes I need to pull something out before it's really done, uh, so that I can get something else in. What, what are we looking for in temperatures, and what's the problem with not cooking it all the way? Well, and it kind of depends on the food, but if we're talking about turkey specifically, um, you definitely are going to want to take a temperature with a digital thermometer. Um, I would avoid 
using those uh, dial thermometers. My parents would have this big headed dial thermometer that went from like 120 degrees to 180. Those things um, may have been accurate when they first came out of the package, but lose their accuracy pretty quick and can be off by like 20 degrees um, from what I've seen. Um, so I'd be taking my digital thermometer, temping different parts of the turkey. If it's not up to that 165 degrees in parts of that turkey, uh, then I'm going to want to finish cooking that some way, whether that's in the oven or some other cooking method. Um, before I serve it to anybody, I'm definitely going to want to finish the cooking that product. If it's a pre-cooked ham, then, you know, there is no cook temperature for that. It's, you're not, you don't need it to get up to a certain temp. At that point, it's more, well, how long am I going to leave it on the counter and stuff like that before we start growing bacteria? Okay. And uh, what about salads? And uh, I know we don't necessarily cook all of our salads. There's some refrigerated salads, some are cooked. But, you know, we've got salads and potato products and soups and stews. What, what about those? Any kind of uh, soups, potato products, rice products, uh, the starchy products like uh, um, potatoes and rice, um, salads with leafy greens or pasta salads, things like that. They all require temperature control. So uh, it gets into, well, how long am I leaving it out um, for them? Um, how long has it been in the refrigerator? Those kind of things. And so um, if you're talking about uh, how long to have it out for cut for people to eat and get back to everything, um, general guidance is not to leave it out for more than two hours uh, before we start sticking in the fridge just so it's not in um, what is called the danger zone where bacteria grow, um, especially with the hotter products that are in the higher danger zone, the 70 to 135 degrees. Um, we definitely don't want to leave those out for more than two hours. Um, we want to get that back in the refrigerator. Um, but all those kind of products are stuff that if left out at uh, temperature that's not good for long periods of time um, can and grow bacteria and potentially make you sick. All right. So that's the next point. You know, we... Um um, at least at my place, uh, we usually have leftovers and, and usually a lot of leftovers. We were talking earlier, um, one of the things that I do is I cook down the, the bones and the meat and I make turkey stock for soups and things of that nature. But you brought up a really interesting point to me where uh, I might put a kettle of soup stock um, in the refrigerator for a day or two. And you brought up some problems with that. So the things we want to think about is uh, when we're putting a bunch of warm or hot food into the refrigerator, um, how is that refrigerator going to handle it? Um, like if we're doing it all at once and we're putting our uh, warm case of beer in there, that refrigerator is going to warm up and your food may stay warm and it's not going to just drop down to refrigerator temperatures instantaneously or anything like that. And so it could stay there so long that... Um, these bugs that can get into food that form spores and toxins that you can't just cook out um, can't have enough time for that process to happen. Um, so one of the things I would be thinking about is how much warm food in I'm, am I putting in at once? Um, what is the volume of food? So if we've got this large um, pot of stew or something like that, um, that's going to take a long time to cool down, get down to refrigeration temperatures, we may need to break that up into multiple containers, um, stuff like that, sp split it apart, get the depth really down so it cools down quicker. 
maybe using the freezer for some stuff if we're really cooking lots of product, those kind of things. Okay. Well, Jesse, I appreciate it. And is there anything else you'd like to, to talk about regarding uh, food safety? Well, some of the other things, uh, especially working with like poultry products, turkey, is just how we handle the raw product. Because of what I mentioned before, they're allowed to sell, sell it, essentially can be contaminated, um, that we're not rinsing it, stuff like that, where it's going to spread bacteria throughout your kitchen uh, after you handle it, really focusing on the hand washing. If I'm going to be handling lots of raw meat products, really get my fingers and hands in there, I'm probably going to use some disposable gloves as well as washing my hands afterwards, uh, those kind of things. Um, and just really temperatures and kind of hand washing and limiting that spread of that bacteria. Okay, and I just want to reemphasize, you're, you're saying we don't need to rinse our turkey or our chicken, and if we do, we need to make sure that we clean the area thoroughly with disinfectant-type uh, wipes or things um, before we go on to other food products. Yeah, we definitely would not recommend rinsing uh, meat products. Some people will do it to thaw or something like that, and I would just try and do it on a low-flow type of thing. Um, just to limit the spread. But if you're rinsing it, really, is the, it's a bigger risk of actually just splashing bacteria around your kitchen, potentially getting it on the counters you don't think about, and you touch it, and then you touch your salad, and now you're not cooking that, and then all of a sudden you get salmonella a couple days away, later. All right. Well, Jesse, it's been a pleasure to have you today. I appreciate you being here. And uh, this is Larry saying thank you, be safe, and have a great holiday season, folks. <laughs>